In today's episode, we're talking with Dan Cashel about what it really takes to truly break through to the next level in your business. You definitely don't want to miss this one, so don't you change that dial or drop that phone. We're about to level it up and shatter the mold. Question. In a world where groupthink is the norm, others want what you've earned, and thinking for yourself will get a target painted on your back, how do you flip the script and level up your business, your money, relationships, your health, your status, and your life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Shatter the Mold. Andrew S. Kaplan, really excited to be here with you today. We've got an awesome, awesome guest. Before we get there, though, quick little update on today's sponsor, my product, the last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read. Things are going wonderfully, and I just want to make sure to express gratitude to all the readers and all the people that left five-star reviews and all the people that just emailed me your success stories, letting me know how much you appreciated the content and how you implemented it in your lives. In fact, the book's got some extra attention lately. It was featured in USA Today in an article called 20 Reading Suggestions for a New and Improved You in 2021, and in Forbes in an article called 21 Books to Read in 2021, and I could not be more happy and grateful that that the book is getting that kind of attention, but more importantly, just excited that again, you guys are getting so much value out of the content itself. For those that have not checked it out yet, I encourage you to go to lastlawofattractionbook.com. That'll auto forward you to the books listing on Amazon where you can check it out in Kindle or paperback or even audiobook. Or if you don't want to pull out your wallet, but you do want to check out more content about this, you can go to my YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash Cap, where I teach new techniques and I have some feature interviews and a lot of other fun content. If you dig Law of Attraction or have any kind of interest in it, you would definitely appreciate the content I have up there. So again, I invite you to check that out. But without any further ado, let's get straight to our guest of today. Dan Cashel is the co-founder, chairman, and CEO of Breakthrough3x. He has an intuitive knack for helping business owners connect the dots, see blind spots, and get unstuck, helping them attract more and more clients on a daily basis using what he calls direct response branding to help those businesses create a bigger impact, reach, and contribution. With over 25 years of business experience, during which he started over 11 companies and coached over 5,000 founders, CEOs, and business owners from over 180 different industries, Dan is a true force to be reckoned with, and he also serves as a regular media contributor, hosts his own radio show, and has been a featured guest on multiple TV, radio, print, and online publications, including ESPN, NBC, and many more. I have no doubt that he's got a lot of brilliance and insights to share with us today. So without any further ado, Shatter the Mold warmly welcomes Mr. Dan Cushell. Dan, thank you so much for being here today, my friend, and welcome to Shatter the Mold. Andrew, it's great to be with you again, man. Yeah, it's it's so funny. Like We've had a couple of conversations this year, and, and it's I've been so fortunate just to be able to pick your brain and and get your insights. And I kind of, like I kind of view you as a get. Like this is you're like this person that you understand so much about about business, about marketing, just about, you know, the simple mechanics of what it means to run an efficient business that I knew <laughs> any kind of conversation that I can engage with in with you would be like a huge win for my audience. So I'm really pleased that you're here. And I don't even know what direction we're going to go in or how many directions we're going to go in because I like it so many different questions. Um, I guess with that in mind, I guess the first thing I would I would ask you is, what what inspired you to take the path of an entrepreneur? Because you've got so much of this experience under your belt. What pointed you in that direction in the first place? Yeah, so there's a few 
few things. One, sports was a big catalyst, Andrew. Um, you know, I grew up, my dream as a kid was to play pro sports, pro baseball uh, specifically. And, you know, I think sports is the greatest personal plat development platform in the world besides business. And so I think sports created that independence, dealing with failure, all these different things that later in business would become really valuable. And then, you know, my dad introduced me to personal development uh, at 10 years old. I attended my first uh, seminar, which was a baseball clinic for coaches, but he took me along, dragged me along. I was 10 years old. I sat in the seminar and I was just so fascinated. And one of the things that I was fascinated by was the you know, talk of human psychology, right? And I remember one of the pages in the manual that I got, it was at Eastern Michigan University in Ypsilanti, which is you know, down, the, down the road from Ann Arbor. And uh, it's a smaller school compared to University of Michigan. And on the top of this page, it was PMA, Determined Success. And like the first paragraph read something along the lines that PMA in sports, baseball, and life will determine your success. And the PMA is 95% mental and the rest physical, right? Mm -hmm. And that just stuck with me. And it stuck with me all these years, years later. And as I'm coaching my son, who's now just turned 13 uh, with his football journey right now, it's, it's kind of the same thing as working on that mental, mental game. So that was a start. And then I got fascinated, Andrew, by bi biographies of athletes. So I read a lot about Mickey Mantle and Ted Williams and uh, Willie Mays and a whole lot more. And a lot of these consistent things that apply to business also applied in what I was doing and my love and passion for sports. And then I watched my dad uh, start, not, start not just one business, but start two businesses. And he failed pretty miserably mm. at them for, for a variety of different reasons, you know, and, and our family uh, had to go on welfare at one, a couple points where, you know, we had food stamps and, you know, walking into a grocery store aisle, if you can picture walking into a grocery store aisle as a kid, and, you know, giving them that, you know, food stamps and having people laugh at you and, you know, being young and humiliated and embarrassed, I was like, I'm never going to have this happen to my family, right? And my dad did all the best he could. And, you know, he, he tried not just the one, but the two businesses, it just didn't work out. And so for me, it was a quest to look at, like, what do you do different? Like, how do you not fail in business? And uh, so, th so those were a few of the jumping off points and the catalyst to be able to make that happen. Yeah. Right. That, you know, it's cool. There, there's definitely a parallel there I see because people relate to sports in the way that there's a certain level of pressure to perform. And certainly when you're going to be an entrepreneur, you know, you've got to kill your own dinner, so to speak. And um, so I love, I love the way you relate that. Um, I'm curious, um, Tell the story about your son, because I know that he had, he kind of like made his own ad in school. And I just figured it'd be really cool for people that are not familiar with this. How you guided him? Like, what's his video that he did kind of putting an ad out there for people to enjoy? Yeah, so he had a drama class uh, in, in at the school he's at, and they gave him a series of things to choose. And he chose, I'm going to create a, a, an ad, a TV ad, right, for a business. And so uh, Kyler is my son's name. And so Kyler, uh, at the time he did this, he was 12. And, and what ended up happening is he was like, okay, I'm going to create this ad. Well, let me, how would I figure it out? Now he knows that I'm in, I help companies and I help businesses grow and I help people with their ads and a whole lot more. And he did it all on his own. Like I, I can remember it uh, vividly, uh, Andrew, where we were sitting down in our living room and he's like, yeah, I had this drama project and they had us create an ad. And I, of course, go into like 
super dad mode of like, well, you know, you should think about, you know, getting someone's attention and hooking to a problem and build interest and desire. And he goes, well, dad, it sounds like I did all that. I go, you did all that. He goes, yeah, I already wrote the ad. I go, oh, well, could you go get it? And I'd love you to read it to me. And so he goes upstairs into his room and he comes down, he brings it down. And I said, well, stand up. I want to hear you present this, this, this ad. And so he starts reading it to me and my jaw hits the floor. I'm like, this is so damn good. <laughs> like it was like all of the elements of a good ad were literally there. And so then I asked him, I said, Kyler, how the hell did you come up with this? Like, I'm like giddy as he is as a 12 year old at the time. He goes, well, dad, I, uh, I just went and researched it. I go, what do you mean you researched it? He goes, well, I went on YouTube and I just looked up like three, four, five, six ads and I found pieces that I like and I had the version I was going to create for this fake kind of company and I kind of put it together and I'm like, oh my God, there's so much wisdom in this, this thing. And so, so we did a little bit of an interview together and then the other level of it is he had to actually now film it and so he created a little kind of skit of what he wanted to do and how he wanted to go about it. And so he recorded it, he edited it, and then had to put it together and serve it up as a project in school. It just, you know, there's so many layers. I think the biggest thing that, you know, getting from a 12-year-old's mind is you can model other successful things. And if you just model other successful things, you can create other successful things, right? And it's, you know, maybe an oversimplification, but you know, at the end of the day, there's a great quote, Andrew, you've probably heard it, which is, um, you know, first of all, as it relates to shatter the mold, watch what everybody else is doing and do the opposite, right? So many people get caught up in tactics and, you know, the magic red button and this color or that color or this sort of thing, but tactical focus rather than principle-based focus, right? So what, you know, Kyler was a 12-year-old just kind of naturally fell to as a kid having this childlike mind and this childlike heart just said, well, let me go research and look at the ones that seem to be the most compelling for me that look successful. And he based it on how many views they had and some other, other factors. And then he wrote his little script out of it, right? Model other successful people. If you do what they do, you can get what they've got. And, uh, you know, I think it's just such a great lesson. The quote uh, from Oliver Wendell Holmes is, you know, I wouldn't give a fig to be on the other side of complexity, but I'd give my life to be on this side of simplicity and, you know, keeping it simple, especially today, especially as we move forward uh, in the business world and business community as AI and new tech comes along and automation, all the fascination of these things. Don't let tech, don't let automation, don't let sophistication and don't let complexity get in the way of you making money. And if you keep it simple, model what works, it will work for you. I, I love that lesson. And I, I can attest because I've seen the video, like he did a wonderful job of modeling. And I think there's really something to be said for any kind of person that's either starting a business or growing a business to really just look what's working. And I'm curious because one of your amazing skill sets is helping people, you know, with their blind spots, get unstuck. Um, <clears throat> because this is such a good example of modeling, is there a wrong way to do modeling? Is there a way by which you can get yourself in the wrong direction because you're like either overdoing it or you're modeling the wrong thing? Is there a danger there if you don't know what you're doing or you overcomplicate it? Well, I think what it is, it's the hidden blind spots that you don't see, or you don't have the complete picture of what a company is doing. And I've made this mistake, you know, in my career, we've talked about this, Andrew, I've had 11 businesses 
I crashed three of those businesses in the early years, right? And, you know, like I've got the t-shirt, it's dirty, it's really dirty. I had to bury those companies in the backyard, mostly because I didn't model the full picture, right? And we see this happen over and over again. It's kind of like that old, uh, you know, there's an image and a motivational quote built around it, but it's this iceberg, right? And you see the iceberg above the water, but then underneath the water, there's this huge giant, you know, structure, right? that unless you go under the water, you don't see it. And so like where I've made my mistake, just truth be told, damaging confession, is I would see the tip of the iceberg and I would model that, not knowing all of this other infrastructure that made that possible to work, right? So we see this a lot, you know, our our sweet spot, Andrew, as we talked about is helping clients get unstuck, right? See the blind spots, grow their business with a lot less stress. And especially as it relates to getting clients every single day, right? and creating that steady flow of clients. And we use what we call direct response branding, right? But if you just look at, you know, like for example, if you model someone's just their ad, video ad, right? And, and, or a series of them and come up with yours, let's say like Kyler. Well, you know, what does it cost to generate a lead from an ad like that, right? If you're not looking at the full picture, the full body of that glacier, if you will, what's, you know, you got the tip, but like, what's the full picture? There are some companies that are intentionally running ads and they lose money to generate a lead. Mm-hmm. Why? Because their structure underneath or their back end of that structure is very you know, solid. The long, they know the long-term value. They know what they can afford to spend, et cetera. So when you're new, if you don't have that full picture and you just model the tip, at least for me, I can't speak for everybody. We see it pretty common though that modeling the wrong thing, but modeling an incomplete thing is a huge, huge thing. Like, for example, I think this is a Gary Helbert quote. He says the most, ex- yeah, before he passed away, uh, the most expensive, uh, uh, bad information is the most expensive information. Yes. Right? Think about that. So misinformation or lack of information is the most expensive information too, because if you only have a part of the full picture, and that's what we like, what we believe we do with, you know, almost 30 years, over 30 years of business experience. Now, 11 companies, we've worked with thousands, over 5,000 business owners, founders, CEOs. It gives us a perspective where we've got a greater picture to show people like, okay, well, this is the beginning phase. Okay. But what you don't see is the middle. Now we help you build your middle. We also help you build through the journey of the client experience to now have that full, that full picture. You know, it's so cool. First of all, the way you articulate that with the iceberg, I've never heard it that way before, but it really has so much impact and value. And as you were describing it, I could think of the first sales page I ever wrote. And we're talking like, you know, 16, 17 years ago. And I thought I was modeling. I thought I was doing the right thing, but I didn't understand psychology. I didn't understand copywriting. I didn't understand direct response. I didn't understand the things about the sales page I was modeling that actually worked. So I basically did a hodgepodge that went nowhere. And, you know, no surprise, I sold like, you know, two units. And I think it's, it's so profound. It's so simple, yet so profound to understand, like the key about this is there, there is a full iceberg, there is so much beneath the surface. And I mean, you're never going to know everything all at once, but there are certain key things that you want to understand, because they guide you. And then, of course, if you're wise enough, you you get people to advise you that know what they're doing and that have been through 
11 plus businesses or something else like that. Um, <laughs> on that note, I'm wondering, because you work with so many different people, and I'm sure different niches and, and different issues, like, is there a common problem that most people come up against in terms of blind spots that you often just find yourselves like getting them through quickly before they then take their next leap in their business? Yeah, a- a- absolutely. And, you know, to your point about blind spots, right? You know, again, coming back to your, ri- your first initial question as well, Andrew, you know, the, the blessing and gift for, for, for me coming from a sports background, you know, as well was, you know, you get a coach or a series of coaches to help you optimize, right? To help you perform, right? You know, in baseball, I had a base running coach. We had a fielding coach. We had a hitting coach. We had a third base coach, a first base coach, a head coach, right? We had a physical training coach. Like literally we worked with all of these coaches regularly, right? To increase performance. So in an area that we weren't a specialist in, or I wasn't a specialist in, we had a coach who would guide us, support us to move us, to make us better, to increase our performance. And I see the same thing in business all the time. And so to, to your direct question, you know, so number one, get a coach, right? And even if you're really great at one thing, there are people who can supplement or complement what you do and the other things that you're not an absolute expert at, right? And that's the hard. So the number one hardest thing for most entrepreneurs is to let go, right? Yes. But if you want to grow, you got to let go, right? So if you let go, you can let it grow. Uh, faster, easier, better, you can optimize it. And a big part of that is, you know, working with someone like Andrew and his team, or, you know, you might look at our team or find somebody, you know, even locally that can help you, you know, work and, and, and help you identify, you know, those blind spots. So the first one is letting go as an entrepreneur. That's the biggest one we run into all the time. And then the second factor, usually where the letting go is a big place is checking in with your message mm. as a business, right? A lot of times companies, right, if you, you, you're not getting as many clients as you want or you feel like, God, if only more people just started with us, they know how amazing we were. Maybe you feel like you're the world's best kept secret or maybe you feel like, wow, um, I, I've hit a plateau or I've hit a wall, right, where most of my revenue is generated on my own personal effort or my own personal referrals. I, I, I could have a bigger impact. Like you just know that deep inside then I I would encourage you to look at your message, right? And look at the message through your client's eyes, not your eyes. Mm. That's usually one of the biggest areas, like a little tweak, like one of our clients right now, we just started working with them here two weeks ago. So it's like really fresh, right? We made a couple little twists, like four degrees. It's not even that much, four degrees. And we've helped them generate for high achieving kids uh, in, in a certain area for a leadership kind of program, literally in five days, we've helped them generate over a hundred plus leads, right? And then we added a new process, new model on top of their, their lead, which further qualifies or disqualifies their potential prospects coming in the door in the first place, which then helps us have a higher conversion. Like just little things, right? Little optimization strategy. And again, part of this is developed through experience, but going to the message through the client size, right? Like what, what is it that your clients are saying that they're struggling with? Mm. What is it that your clients are saying they're wor- most worried about? What is it that your clients are saying they're, that keeps them up at night related to your particular product or service, right? If you want to, you know, uh, shatter the mold, again, do what your competition is too lazy or they just don't know about it yet. 
to focus on. And that's your client. If you will focus and get in your client's heart space, mind space, and really think from them, like, how do they, how is your client thinking, feeling, sounding, hearing, like, what are those things related to your, the problem you solve? That's the other part. Don't focus on the product. Don't focus on your company. Focus on the problem or problems you solve individually. And yes. get the clarity around that. And then formulate what your message would be to help solve that problem. You'd be amazed. Like, that little pivot. Like, for example, another client. They ran an ad campaign not too long ago. And they were running this ad campaign, Andrew. And a big focus of this campaign was this idea of, you know, that they nominate students, right, for, or nominate clients for, for what they do. And they changed one word from nominate to an invite. Hmm. And it boosted a conversion by over 50%. One word increased conversion by 50%, right? That comes back to messaging and really getting clarity on the messaging. So, you know, even if you're a successful company, I, I would suggest that constantly challenging the status quo, right? Again, if you want to shatter the mold, challenge the status quo of your messaging always and keep testing against it. Use that as your control. Even if you're like, if you're a hundred million dollar company and you got all, you're setting records every quarter on quarter on quarter and you're growing, challenge your messaging related to that status quo. And you'd be amazed if you keep that mindset because nothing does, nothing lasts forever. Yeah. Right? That's a big mistake as well as thinking these promotions, these campaigns, these models last forever. They all have a shelf life. And again, we learned, I learned that in sports because you have a window of opportunity in sports of, you know, X number of years where you're going to be at your peak state, your optimal state of performance. Right. And it just is what it is. Usually it's related to age and, and other a couple other factors, but it's usually a small few year window. And once you get outside that window, your value diminishes dramatically because there's other younger, stronger, faster people coming behind you. And I look at that with business too. All of our models, all of our campaigns have a shelf life. So start iterating on the next version, especially when you have a successful one. Right? You know, I think someone could literally write a book based on the answer that you just gave, because there's mm -hmm. so many brilliant and also really vital insights in there. And, I, you know, just the fact that people might be succeeding, but they don't realize that they're still they're sitting on a gold mine that they're yeah. not even realizing because they can change one word. And it also what I love about what you said is this kind of lines up with the fact the number one problem of letting go. The fact that they don't let go means they don't even open to an expert coming in and wanting to tweak a word, which, by the way, isn't even a, necessarily a big word. It could be a small word in the message. But the fact that they're not open to it, the fact that maybe they're doing well, maybe they're not, but they're not letting it happen. Like, th this really is a simplicity of it. And this really is. This makes me understand, obviously, really well, even though I already know how awesome you are. It's like, this is why you help people get rid of their blind spots and get unstuck, because it's these very simple things that again, it relates to sports. Like with sports, all right, they got old, but what does that mean? Well, it means they're more injury prone. It means they're slower. It means they can't react. It means because they can't react, they get injured more because of that. It's like one of these cascading things where one thing is off and everything can go through and you might not even know the thing that's off. So I really do appreciate um, the way you're putting that out. And, and just to, to add one piece to people listening, a lot of times it's not even within your control. Like my book, I'll give, I, I've never shared this with people before. Well, I mean, people know that I've advertised my book on Amazon platform, right? 
And um, when the book came out close to a year ago, I did this major keyword research endeavor where I really broke things down and I, I structured the, the Amazon ads around those keywords. And then I just left it on autopilot and every single month it's gotten less and less and less effective. I haven't changed anything, but it's because those same terms are no longer relevant in that space or because new books are coming out and people want to link to those ACE numbers. So I've got to get off my ass and stop being lazy. And I've got to redo the keyword research so that I can up it again. But it really is something where, again, like you said, refining your message, refining your message takes so many forms and it could be refining keywords. It could be refining your headline. It could be refining everything. And again, I love the fact that you really... Uh, put down the, the the need to just let go and and try something different because again it might have explosive explosive results. Yeah, and when like because here's the deal, Andrew. Like you know, I I share this as well as like I'm not perfect at this, right? As a entrepreneur, there's a DNA as an entrepreneur, a founder, or CEO of a company, right? You're usually strong. You're independent. You're you're part of the reason your company has gotten a certain level of success, right? So it's not easy to let go. And, you know, uh, Bedros Killian, who I've gotten a chance to know over the years and, you know, is a, is a great human being. He says, you know, my ego is not my amigo, <laughs> which I love that <laughs> quote, right? And for like me, that. a real, real valuable lesson in this, you know, this was, you know, a handful of years ago, but I was, you know, it was in the early stages of the internet. And I was fortunate to kind of be on the forefront of it uh, in the early years where, you know, I, saw, I sat down, I remember it like a great exercise to do is to like, you know, ask yourself this question each month, which is what will it take me to double my business? Mm. 30 days, like just start, put that on a sheet of paper. You know, I, I'm an old school guy. So I do do this journaling thing. Um, but write it on a sheet of paper and what would it take to double? And you start mapping it out. I remember doing this exercise and it was at a time one of, one of my companies, um, uh, before I sold it, we had like 20 staff, 16 to 20 staff members, and I started writing down what it would take to double. And I started breaking out in a sweat, like, oh. And I started getting like, you know, if you've ever gotten nauseous and queasy in your stomach, it's like, why was I going through all this? It was the thought or idea that I was gonna have to double my employees, hmm. double my <laughs> staff, go from like whatever, about 20 to 40, right, wow. for example. And like, it made me very uneasy. And it was right around when the online stuff, and I was convinced that, Oh, this online thing could work like, and it could change me having to have 40 employees in my business. Right. And I went to work and as much as I'd love to tell everybody, including as you're listening or watching right now that I've been immensely successful and everything I haven't, I'm, I, the first six months of trying online stuff or committing even to online stuff. I remember I put out my first offer crickets, nothing. And I felt dejected, but you know, pretty strong core of resistance launched the second one didn't work. Third one didn't work. Fourth one. By the fifth one, I started questioning myself. I started doubting myself. I was wondering like, what the hell? I hear all these success stories of these people. Why can't I figure this out? You know, am I good enough? You know, then on top of that, I was, you know, we, our business was good, but it wasn't great. And I was feeling the strain of, you know, you know, overhead and payroll, like 20 people, you know, it was over 20 grand a week in, in, in payroll costs. And, like all of this stuff was mounting and I was wondering, am, am I going to really be able to feed my family? I had a new, new daughter at the time and it was kind of scary. And so one of our partners, his name is Joshua. He'd flown in. Uh, he had a newsletter called the two comic club and we wanted to adapt this into our process uh, because we had a lot of clients 
he had a newsletter that was written for two years. So we partnered and we started working and he said, Hey, what do you need help with? Which is another great question to, if you want to improve your business, get you and your team asking five people a day minimum, right? Five days a week. What's the number one thing you need the most help with right now and become a conduit to help them solve that problem. Mm. And the karmic strategic byproducts and the direct sales or, or opportunities you'll get will transform transform your business. So he asked that that type of question. I said, yeah, could you check this out? Here's the sales letter. Here's the thing. He took it home with him. He called back and said, you know, the good news is I love everything about what you're doing. The bad news is I have to start it from scratch. So now I had a choice to make. I could let my, you know, I've gone almost six months of just futile efforts, struggling. I would have figured it out on my own. Certainly I would have figured it out eventually. Right. But I looked, I'd already invested six months hundreds and hundreds of hours of attempts and energy, emotional costs, mental, right? All of the things that go into when you put something and put your soul into it. I knew I would have figured it out on my own, but he was offering another perspective. And I ultimately, Andrew decided to let go. And so he came on and he came on for us as like a, a, a partner, team member, if you will, and he helped pull the best out of me that I wasn't able to convey the right way. And within 90 days, we worked on this for 90 days. We turned it on when we created our new model with, with his support, helping pull the best out of me and in interviews. He interviewed me, interviewed my staff, he interviewed, helped, got us to interview our clients. It was, I mean, it was just a professional way to do it. 90 days, we turned this thing on. And the very first day we got as many sales online as our entire team did. Wow. Now I was still skeptical by the way. And I kind of wanted it. There was a part of me that was like, because I didn't create it. I mean, this is just me, you know, tell, telling you the truth behind this, that I was like, well, he's not better than me. Right. But for him, it wasn't about that. And deep down, it wasn't for me either. We just wanted it to work. You know, it's that old adage, you know, focus on getting it right, not being right. Mm. Who cares who gets the credit? As long as you build something amazing that helps people and it give, gives you the ability to have a bigger impact, a bigger reach and contribution. So we kept going. The next day, we had as many sales as our entire, actually more sales than our entire sales team physically in the office. And we tur kept turning it up. And we got to a place within another... An, few months that we were over 300 clients a week, <laughs> right? Wow. And we grew. And now out of that growth, we then grew and we ultimately at our peak, we were doing like $20 million a year uh, in business. That became a company, one of the two companies that I ended up growing and selling to a you know, $100 million a year business, which was an incredible blessing and gift. But what if, like, what if, number one, I would have just stuck to the status quo. We got a good business instead of thinking, how can we double and how can we make it great? Number two, what would it cost me if I would have got my ego in the way and not allowed someone else into that was an expert who could fill my blind spots and also bring the best out in me to help us do this? And then what if I would have not kept the pedal on the metal and kept growing and scaling? It would have never led to the exit, the freedom, so many blessings and gifts that came from that experience. So as you're listening or watching, I hope there's layers of experience here that you can take with you, that you can apply. And most importantly, let it go. Challenge your message. Challenge that status quo every day uh, because 
you know, it, it can transform everything. You're one breakthrough. We could one breakthrough away, mm, right, from that, that next level. So. I love that. Now, you you mentioned you know interviewing, and you also use the word freedom. So that's a pretty good segue. Um, I want to ask you about your your podcast, Growth to Freedom. Yeah. What what inspired that, and and how is is that just about um, deeper? Re- like, wh- where are you taking that? Like, what, what's the, the purpose of it just in terms of, of reaching people? Are you reaching um, customers? Are you reaching just um, entrepreneurs that want to listen? Like, where's, because I can tell, because I've been interviewed and I love the way you do it. I know the, the goal is to serve, but I'm curious, like, where, where you're pointing that gun, so to speak, when you're doing the serving. Yeah, so um, there's a few different layers, and I could give you the corporate BS speak, Right. Because, you know, revisionist history from when you started to where you go sometimes shifts, right? And then you get into the corporate speak of things. But the reality is, uh, when I built my companies, you know, one of the gifts and blessings I had is I started a radio show on NBC in Phoenix, right? Mm -hmm. And I had that show on for years. It was right before Dave Ramsey runs a show called Financial Peace. And I loved it, right? And at our peak, we were doing five shows a week on top of all my other business stuff, which became a little frantic. And I did that for, I don't know, five, six years, interviewed thousands and thousands of my heroes and celebrities and and athletes and other stuff, right? And this is pre-internet, pre-podcast stuff, at least pre-popularity of those things. And I loved it. Like, I just loved it. For me, it was like being in a place where it was my own mastermind. It was my own vacuum to learn. I don't know if, I imagine for you, Andrew, that makes sense because you're a pretty deep thinker and, and love this kind of interaction. So for me, it was an incredible learning system. Then I stopped it because it just became too much on top of what we were building in the company. I stopped it. And when I sold my companies, one of the exercises I did is like, what would you love to do? What would you do even if you didn't get paid to do it? Mm. Right. And that you'd love to do for the next 25 years, no matter what. Right. Which is a Dan Sullivan question from Strategic Coach. And that was one of them, the interviews. And so I initially created the show selfishly for me, one, as a reminder on this constant journey of growth to freedom, because for a lot of my business career, I haven't enjoyed it. I had been a workaholic, 100 plus hours. I had given my family complete and utter leftovers. My wife at the time, which became my ex-wife for a lot of reasons, that was one of them, my kids and, and other stuff. I was like a lot of entrepreneurs who literally are willing to give up almost anything and everything to get the success of their business. And I realized after selling, there's a whole lot more than that. So I wanted the reminder of this constant growth, not just in the business, but also mentally, physically, socially, spiritually, emotionally, and have a platform for that to freedom and also peace, right? And enjoyment that you can do both. It's not like one or the other. It's not an either or it's an and like, you can build a great business and have a great quality of life. You can have a business and I can coach my son's football team four plus days a week for any, for four plus years straight with no breaks in between, right? You can do the and thing. You can be a great husband or spouse and run a great business. Like you don't have to be this disconnected person because of the business, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, it was a reminder. That's the true, true beginning. And because I just love the conversations on top of that, my kids were very young at the time, Andrew, and I think this is on our site at growthtofreedom.com uh, or at le- an early version of this uh, was there, was I wanted to leave footprints 
and thumbprints for my kids as a legacy. I love that. And why did I want to do that? At the time, I think when I started the show, they were like four years old, roughly. Um, my daughter was six, my son was four. And, you know, we can talk to our kids about, you know, modeling and networking and go meet people. You just have to reach out. You have to be proactive, but you can get to anybody, right? All these sorts of things and get this amazing business advice. So I was like, why don't I just create the thumbprints and the footprints for them where it's not me just talking about it, but it's like my favorite business model is the show and tell business model that we all learned in kindergarten, right? Not theory, but doing it. So I, I built this platform second from a second purpose for them. And then third is the amazing people like you, we get a chance to meet. And a lot of our guest experts who've been on the show is just, I'm, I'm humbled all the time. We're like, we're getting ready to celebrate at the time of we're doing this interview, our 300th episode, wow. right? And so I'm doing this literally the, it's a full day episode that's going to run. And I've got, you know, Brian Tracy, Mark Victor Hansen, Joe Polish, uh, Jay Abraham, Tom Hopkins have all committed to be on this very special celebration of 300 episodes and them, because these have been important people in my life one way or another on this journey. Right. And even the ability to go out and how did I get them to agree to want to be on the show? Right. That is demonstrating for my kids the thumbprints and the footprints and, and all these sorts of things and doing what we love. So there's other layers of it, but that that really is the uh, the birth and the uh, catalyst. I think it's cool because, like, I mean, you know, to, to paraphrase, it's it's a labor of love. And yeah. from what I've heard, and again, the experience of being interviewed on it, it, it really just shined through. And I think it also speaks to the fact that, like, when you do what you love, that's when quality inherently is there. On, on on some level. And um, just to give you a quick compliment, because, you know, I hear the experience that you had before you ever did this. For those that are going to hopefully go on and listen, they will hear it in just your cadence in the way you do. Because again, I've, I've been on podcasts before, but I got to tell you off the top of my head, you're the most professional. I'm putting air quotes for people don't see the, the, um, the video part, like just in terms of the way you carry the conversation, the way you guide things. So I Thank think it's a, it's a perfect recipe for when you're doing something for entrepreneurs, when you're teaching them things, because they need that flow. They need to be able to consume that information in a comfortable, easygoing, even keel way. So just wanted to give you props on that, because again, it's, I was blown away. And I know I told you when we were doing that, like, I, I was like, I was so impressed just by the way you were pacing me through the questions and everything. And I learned a lot just like in, by observing that from you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so we're almost done here. I, I did want to make sure to check in, you know, if people, first of all, if they want to connect with you and I'm not sure if you've got any specific events going on or if, you know, if, if you want to point them towards um, any free tools, but I, I mean, I figured if there's a good way for people to learn more about you or connect with you, the, the floor is yours. Let people know where, where they can learn more about Dan. Yeah. If there's something here uh, connecting with you, you'd like to learn how to go deeper you know, we put together a small business toolkit that includes uh, five main resources uh, to help you, you know, get more simplicity in your business to help you grow with a lot less stress from things like, you know, uh, selling, like selling is one of the most misunderstood topics on the planet, right? Because selling the old way doesn't work today, right? So we call this how to sell more by selling less. And so mm. it's a tool, it's a checklist that literally we built. We turn customer service people, Andrew, into high performers in our company 
by turning them into non-salespeople and, and leveraging their ability and talents and love for people, support people to sell. So if you're introverted or customer service oriented, or you're just like, you feel uncomfortable with most of the sales approaches out there, you'll love this checklist, right? Uh, we're giving that to you free, right? No strings attached. We've got a CEO's checklist that I originally, I have it on my wall because I've been using it for close to 20 years, at least versions of it. it's been iterated over time. Uh, but to keep you on track for someone who isn't what you would consider like a traditional CEO type, right? Like what do you do monthly? What do you do quarterly? What do you do weekly to help you and your team stay on track and you know maintain essentially massive momentum, you know, mm. frequently and regularly over time, right? So that CEO's checklist, another tool that we've got for you is a marketing plan blueprint. The uh, uh, Small Business Administration 2017 did a report and they said that the number one reason it was approximately, four, I'm doing this off my head, so it might be a little off, but approximately 42% of companies that close, and there's a huge number that close each and every year, 42% don't have a updated marketing plan blueprint or it's outdated, mm. right? And to to, to uh, Andrew's point just a little bit ago, he talked about you know making changes and we talked about messaging, right? What was working just a few weeks ago, right? At the time we're listening, isn't working today, yep. right? And what was working 90 days ago isn't working today. So, you know, if you haven't updated your marketing plan blueprint, or maybe you've, you know, been like a lot of people we run into, they go, well, I don't, I, I can't sit and do like 4,000 questions on my marketing plan, right? Exactly. You'll love this simple marketing plan blueprint checklist. You know, it's essentially about 20 questions that you fill in and what it's designed to do, not only for you, but it's designed to get your team in complete alignment with you as the founder of the business and your business and your messaging. And, and you likely will see all of these tools as a lifelong companion. So if you want to get these tools, that's just three of the five. Uh, go to the site. It's absolutely free, 100% free for this uh, uh, interview. You go to activate.breakthrough3x.com. That's activate.breakthrough3x.com enter your info, get the tools. And then, you know, if you have questions, you want to see how we can help you connect the dots, you know, see the blind spots, some of the things we've talked about, get more clients, a steady flow of clients uh, every single day, right? Without more work and without extra stress, right? We use something called direct response branding to help our companies grow and scale with less stress. Uh, it's like having us as a virtual CMO or virtual CEO team to help you have a bigger impact, bigger reach, bigger contribution. After you Go to activate.breakthrough3x.com. Just reach out. You'll see the email address. You can reach out. We can get into a conversation and see how we can help. Awesome. Thank you. That That is amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. For those listening, well, for those watching this on YouTube right now, that link will be waiting in the, the video description. And for those listening, I don't know if you're listening on Apple or Spotify or whatever, but um, I'll also put that link on the actual audio interview page at shatteredandmoldpodcast.com. So, um, if people forgot that link or for any reason, you can go to usuals for me and you'll be able to click on and get it. Um, Dan, last one to close things out and you can answer this in, in a variety of different ways and I'm sure you'll have a different way, but, you know, looking back on, you know, you from 15, 20, 25 years ago, if there was like one piece of advice that you would have loved to give yourself, whether it's life or business or both that would either get you to where you are faster, or that would just help avoid certain, um, certain hurdles, like any kind of advice that you would want to give that past version of yourself, what's that advice? What would that be for you? I would say it would be enjoy and embrace the moment more mm. or be present more. 
Um, for me, in my early years, probably for the first two decades of business, maybe a little, maybe, maybe even a little longer, Andrew, you know, the truth is, is I was such a grinder and so focused on the ideal of success that there were so many things that I got to experience along the way that I didn't fully enjoy, right? And that goes both with the successes um, in what we had. I remember I, you know, was, I've been fortunate enough to be out at Necker Island twice with Richard Branson for a week and sit with him in the back of his boat and these private conversations. And I can remember at a time in one of the trips where I was literally onto the next thing on my list. It was like scratching that off and going on to the next thing because I just wasn't fully able to get myself to a place of, you know, whatever you want to call it. There's all kinds of terms for it, inner peace, being present, enjoying the moment, et cetera. So for me, that was the one that I wish I would have understood far better earlier, you know, that 20, 20 year ago version of myself or so mm -hmm. that I think would have, you know, really helped me be able to ease some of the roller coasters that we just go through as an entrepreneur, right? Wow. Um, so yeah, that would be the, the biggest one. You know, just hearing you answer that way, I, I think back to moments that I'd experienced in the same way. And I almost wish that it was like, if you ever saw that old movie Airplane where the lady's freaking out and there's a long line of people shaking her and like trying to like, like wake up, like get out of this. <laughs> I, I told you to late. And if I relate, I'm sure there's people listening right now that are probably grinding themselves and, you know, more power to you. But I, I'd say take Dan's, Dan's advice and, enjoy the moment because it's it's going to be gone in a heartbeat um yes. dan thanks so much for coming on thanks for sharing your insight and your wisdom um there are real nuggets of gold i i hope people will listen back to this episode and and cherry pick and get a lot because i think you gave a, a lot of keys to financial freedom through the insights and advice that you delivered today so thank you so much for being here um this was an amazing interview as i knew it as it would be and um i'm truly truly grateful my friend my pleasure, Andrew. Thank you. Thank you again, Dan, for that awesome interview and sharing such wonderful insights. Guys, you definitely want to check out the link that Dan had provided in the interview. In fact, what I'm going to do is for those watching this on YouTube, I'm going to leave that link in the YouTube video description. And for those listening on audio, if you go to ShatterTheMoldPodcast.com, I will have the link where the episode here resides on the audio format. Also, quick reminder, again, if you want to check out my book, The Last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read, you can just head on over to lastlawofattractionbook.com. That'll auto forward you to the Amazon listing. Or you can check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Andrew Cap. And of course, if you haven't done so already, now's a great time to pull out your phone, hit that subscribe button, and while you're at it, leave a quick, honest, written review. Let me know what you thought about today's awesome interview with Dan or any other content that has come before it. And just know that we've got some really awesome guests on the way in the very near future. So have an awesome day, stay tuned till next time, and I will see you again soon. Thank you for listening to Shatter the Mold at www.shatterthemoldpodcast.com. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold. <laughs>